And he said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And I'm thankful for that. So many times I think of that. Before I knew him, he knew me. And he loved me. And so I'm thankful for what he does for us today. Excited for the word of God today. Let's give Brother Jake a hand as he comes this morning. Let's worship the Lord. Let's preach with the preacher this morning. Let's get something out of his word. Let's give that to the Lord one more time. Not just with a clap, but with a shout if we could right now. With a hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I have... You know, shouldn't be surprised at it when you, you know, you walk into his house. You know, I, I say this a lot of times. We, we don't come and then invite him in here. This is his house. <laughs> this is his place. We come in and he's waiting on us. But saying that, I have felt just ever since I walked in today just felt such a sweet presence oh, of God you. in here. And it's my hope today that we could just for a few minutes receive the word of the Lord and not have any preconceived notions about cover your ears, Jake's fixing to preach. Make sure and turn his mic down a little bit. <clears throat> get ready to sweat. Get ready, get ready to get hollered at. I just have a word from the Lord today, and I know that the Lord wants to extend his love to someone. And I know I'm not worried about uh, who isn't here today, but I know that there are people in here that God has given me this word and, and placed this on my heart today. And I know that if we can just receive it and not think you know my time is coming and we could think my time could be today and I could accept this today I could receive this today and I could I could be changed not later but today then God will do what he said he will do I want to uh, go first to Matthew 27 Just one verse of scripture, Matthew 27 46. And this is when this is when uh, Jesus already walked up Calvary's hill. He is hanging on the cross. He has taken so much upon him for us already. And we know when we preach about the cross, we preach about victory. We preach about the overcoming power that we have because of the cross, because of what Jesus has done. But looking in Matthew 27 and 46, it says, About the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? 
And I want to preach, with the help of the Lord, for a few minutes today, separation anxiety. Can we lift our hands and our voice one more time? And while we have many prayers and many needs today, could we ask right now, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me, Lord, and change me by your word today. I feel the love of God. I feel the presence of the Lord in this house right now. In the name of Jesus. Lord, tear down every wall and every barrier and every hindrance and let the anointing of the Holy Ghost destroy every yoke of bondage in the name of Jesus. Speak to us and change us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands to the Lord one more time. A shout of praise as you're seated today. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word, Lord. You can be seated today. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? As if he weren't in enough agony and in enough pain, his physical body, because we know uh, the dual nature of Jesus Christ, he was completely man, but he was completely God. But everything of him that was completely man and completely flesh could feel all the pain that anyone would feel in this situation. And he was hanging on that cross, suffocating and bleeding and hurting and in agony. And then we hear these words that, that they, don't, they don't you know, instill hope in us. It doesn't make you feel hope. It doesn't make you feel joy. It doesn't make you feel gladness. It doesn't, it doesn't bring you know, a sentimental tear to your eye. But he cries out. And I can imagine he, he's crying out almost, almost just choking on his own blood in, 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 in despair and in agony. And he cries out and says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And... I want to address this scripture today that many choose to skip over in their reading about the crucifixion, or at least uh, they don't think too hard about it. And you know that's true. Many don't, uh, you don't hear that touched on a lot of times in an uh, in a, in a Easter message. It's, and I don't mean this in any kind of derogatory way whatsoever, but I I believe that people, uh, they don't have an understanding of what was happening there. They don't have an understanding of what that scripture is and that it is not defeat for Jesus. It's not Jesus giving up. It's not, uh, it's not him showing his weakness and showing that he was defeated. I don't think that people understand why the flesh of our perfect Savior would cry out to the Spirit as if he were forsaken. And the Lord has dealt with me on this recently, and I feel today that he, I know today that he wants to speak to someone. Just let me go back over some things for a couple of minutes here. I stood here 
over a year ago when I preached about how Jesus truly did pay it all for us at Calvary. Jesus did truly pay it all for us. He didn't leave anything out. And Isaiah, and I touched on a few different areas, and in, in, uh, in Isaiah 53 and 4 it says, He hath borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. And you see, Jesus did take stripes for the healing of our bodies and every sickness and every disease. By His stripes we are healed. But you see, He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows and the chastisement of our peace was upon Him. He took uh, stripes on His body for the healing of our bodies. But He wore a crown of thorns and had it pushed into His brow for the healing of our minds. And we know that He didn't leave that out, but uh, He paid it all. And uh, Jesus will heal cancer. Will He not heal cancer? Does he not give authority over cancer? Where's Sister Kristen at? Does he not give power over cancer and say that because of the stripes that I took, cancer doesn't have the final say? And we thank God for healing today. And and Jesus will heal the flu. He'll heal diabetes and blindness and lameness and and MS and bones and aches and lungs and hearts and joints and ligaments and, and any disease or medical condition you can name. There was a stripe for it. He will heal our bodies, but He will heal your mind because He paid it all. He wore a crown of thorns for fear and anxiety and depression and PTSD and and suicidal thoughts and and, uh, any mental illness or condition that you can name, anything that tries to take away your peace and anything that tries to steal your joy, He covered that as well at Calvary because Jesus paid it all. Jesus truly paid it all. And you know, this, this is something I love anytime I talk about this. You may feel like that your sin is, is too bad and too, uh, because you aren't, maybe it's because you're not dealing, anybody remember this, you're not dealing with just sin. But you might be dealing with transgression or iniquity, and those are not synonymous. Those are not the same thing. Perhaps you your sin has turned into transgression and then maybe allowed to go long enough so that transgression turns into iniquity. And we look at those three things as the same, but they are different. Sin, we know, is a mistake, and sin is falling short, and sin is messing up and doing something wrong and making a bad choice and doing something ungodly. I've fallen. But transgression begins when sin is no longer a mistake but a choice. And becomes the lifestyle that I choose to live in this transgression. Transgression is rebellion against the word of God and the ways of God. And transgression is knowing that you are in sin and continuing without repentance. Making the choice to continue in sin. And iniquity goes even further and even deeper. And continuous transgression It will pervert you and it changes you and it perverts your heart and it infects you and it takes hold of you and it takes root in your life. It establishes itself in your life and even in your bloodline. It gets inside of you and now you are in iniquity and iniquity can be passed down from generation to generation and sometimes we identify it as a generational curse but it is iniquity. 
But Jesus didn't just suffer for our sins. But the Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions. He went even further than that and it says he was bruised for our iniquities. He didn't just, he, he said, I'll cover more than just basic sin. I'll cover more than just them falling short. I'll take their rebellion and their iniquity and I'll cover that too. I'll be wounded for their transgressions and bruised for their iniquities so that no matter how far it has gone and no matter how deep it gets and how bad and how ugly and how ungodly it is, no matter what the mistake was and how long they chose to stay in it, I'll cover it all and I'll say, I've given it all. I'm giving all of it up and I'm covering every sin and iniquity and transgression, everything that they could possibly name or possibly do, any sickness, I've covered it all. Jesus truly has paid it all. Did you know? It says he was bruised for our iniquities. And any time I talk about iniquity, I bring this up. Do you know what a bruise is? It's a ruptured blood vessel. A bruise is bleeding under the skin. And we talk about the the blood that flowed from Jesus' body, but there was blood that was flowing on the inside of his body because he was bruised for our iniquity. He didn't just bleed for surface-level stuff. He said, I'll, I'll be bruised for the things that lie inward, the things that, that have root in their life, the things that, that, that go so deep that it's not just surface level anymore. I'll be bruised for their iniquity. I'm telling you that Jesus paid it all. When he went to Calvary, he said, I'm not doing this and leaving anything out. He said, I'm not leaving a a way for them to be lost. If they're going to be lost, they're going to choose to be lost, and they're going to have to fight me to go into hell lost because I'm paying it all, and I'm covering it all. And I am thankful that Jesus paid it all. And I'm so thankful that Jesus went even further than that, and after he had given up the ghost and was buried... After he was in that grave for three days, he rose with power over death and the grave and hell itself. And Jesus went beyond what we think is even in the realm of possibility. And he said, I'll take authority over that too. So even when they feel like I'm dead and gone and in the grave and I have no life left in me, I'm talking about I've walked into the grave. I've been placed in the ground and there is nothing left for me. I'll take even that, even the impossible situations, even when they've gone so far that there is no hope left anymore. I'll take that and I'll take the keys of that and say, I'll give you authority even over death, even over impossible situations I've covered with my sacrifice. Jesus paid it all and there is nothing that is not available to you because of his sacrifice. But this is where I want to go today for a couple of minutes. Because knowing all of that, knowing all of this, I can, I can preach that, and I can, I, I mean, I can just, we can shout over it, and there'll be people that get hyped up about it and just, you know, uh, even if you're not 
And, and I'm not saying we should be this way, but even if you're not really receiving that into your spirit, man, it just sounds good, doesn't it? It's something to shout about. It's something to rejoice over. But the thing is, is there are people that I can preach that to that will not receive that because they still have separation anxiety. And I don't mean in the sense as a child has that anxiety when they're separated from their parents and they have a fear of being separated from a certain thing or even a pet sometimes. I'm not talking about it in that sense. I'm talking about I have anxiety and fear and the weight and and just despair in my life because I feel separated from God. And all that, I can preach about Jesus covering it all. I can preach about how every sin and transgression and iniquity and failure and fault and sickness and disease and everything is covered by his sacrifice. And there will still be people that do not receive it because of separation anxiety. So knowing all of this, I'd like to take it a step further today. And I feel the Holy Ghost even right now. Because the Lord has shown us, truly, I didn't leave anything out. Stay with me for just a minute. People have a hard time receiving these things because of the separation that they feel from God that is caused by sin and transgression and iniquity. And people will, you know... Sin, initially, it it does separate man from God. But when they feel that separation, they tend to run further and hide more. Because the weight of that initial separation brings shame and guilt and, and they feel a need to distance themselves from God rather than run to Him. It's that separation anxiety that people battle and the reason why they cannot receive the sacrifice and the gift that was Calvary for us. So why did Jesus cry out and say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why did he do it? Isaiah 59 and 2 says that sin and iniquity separate man and God. Until that moment, we need to understand this, until that moment on the cross, Jesus did not have sin. He was holy and harmless and undefiled and separate from sin. He did no sin, He knew no sin, and in Him was no sin. Until that moment, he did not know what sin upon him was. But at Calvary, he became our sin bearer. And our sins, that's that's what gets me about this, is it wasn't even his own sin. But it was my sin. He did not feel the weight of his own sin. Because he knew no sin. There was no sin in him and there he had never sinned. 
But the weight and despair that he felt was my sin. And not just my sin, but every sin of every person that has ever lived or will ever live. He bore the weight of that sin. He became our sin bearer. And in that moment, our sins were placed on him. And and he, because he was in that moment a man bearing sin, had to feel as any person feels under sin. And that is God forsaken. And that makes sense when you think about it, because if he can take stripes for my healing, and he can, he can be bruised for my iniquity, and wounded for my transgression, and bleed for my sins, then it makes sense that he would feel the weight of my sin upon him. He had to feel as every person that has ever bared sin and felt the weight of sin. He had to feel as they feel, and that is God forsaken. And in that moment, his flesh, because he was holy God and holy man, his flesh felt the weight of that for the first time, and not the weight of his own, but of trillions. And his flesh felt separated from the Holy Ghost, felt separated from the Father, felt separated because sin does separate man and God. Now, not only does this testify to the dual nature of Jesus Christ, that He was completely man and completely God, but this is where we should rejoice. Because it testifies that Jesus truly did pay it all. Before he said, it is finished. Before, moments before, he took his last breath and he said, it is finished. I have done it all. He said, he decided in himself not only will I give them victory over sickness and cover every sin. But I will take upon me the weight and despair of separation. And I will take it to the grave with me. And in that, I'll give them victory over separation anxiety too. Because he said, up until I take my last breath, I'm fighting so that they can be free from everything that will ever come against them. And every feeling of despair that will ever come against them. I'm fighting for it all, and I'm covering it all, and I'm taking care of it all. Truly now, it is finished, because I have left nothing undone. I have truly paid it all for them. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, and not sin, and not transgression, and not iniquity, and not failure, and not shortcomings, nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I said nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Now listen, because some of y'all just listened to that and said, plot hole. 
Because sin does separate man and God. Yes, sin does separate you from God, but it does not separate you from the love of God. And the love of God is what bridges the gap between you and God. I, oh my goodness. I said sin does truly separate you and God, but it does not separate you from the love of God. And the love of God was his fail safe. He said my love is what will go beyond that. My love will be the loophole for that. My love is what will bridge the gap between them and me. And guess what? You don't have to earn, the. you cannot earn the love of God. In fact, I'll tell you, I mean, you cannot earn the love of God, but it is there nonetheless. And you just have to receive the love of God because it is the love and the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It is the love of God that leads us to that altar again and where we can realize uh, oh, I think I think truly what Pastor was saying earlier. I think truly some people do downplay just the the meaning of saying God loves me, Jesus loves me. I don't want to ever forget that it all comes down to His love. And He said, when everything else fails, when the when the wages of sin has become death for them, when sin has separated them and me, I still my the thing that will always close that. Gap. The thing that will always give them hope, the thing that can always bring them back is that my love will not leave them. My love will not be separated from them. My love will always chase after them. If they run from me, my love will chase them. If they hide from me, my love will find them. If they die and go to the grave, my love will resurrect them because the love of God is the that that was his fail safe that was his backup plan that is there from the beginning he said when everything else fails and when everything else separates them my love will bridge the gap because they can be separated from me and from the beginning they were separated from me but they cannot be separated from my love and it is the love and the goodness of God that leads people to an altar of repentance. Because if you, when you feel, and I'm telling you, it is the, the single thing ultimately that keeps people from receiving that sacrifice and keeps people from receiving the benefits of that sacrifice. It is because they feel, I am separated from God. I have separated myself, my sin, my iniquity, my transgression, the thing that I have done wrong. It, it has separated me from God. And people get in an, uh, even sometimes will make it to the altar. And then they can't do anything. They can't, they can't, they can't change. They can't, they can't feel that breaking in their spirit. They can't feel anything change because they think, I am separated from God. I'm at this altar, but he is not hearing me. He is not here with me because I have separated myself from him. My sin has separated me from God. Do you know that this is a real thing? 
this is a real thing that people deal with and go through, and I'm, tr- I'm trying to tackle it and, and, and just get rid of it today because it is the, s- the single biggest thing that keeps people from changing and receiving the love of God into their life. It's because I, they feel that separation anxiety. And it's something that whispers in their ear and says, it does not matter how much you pray. It does not matter how much you say you want to change. You will always still be separated from God. And you can spend your whole life trying to get back. And you can spend your whole life trying to just even feel chills anymore. But you will never get back because your sin, your iniquity, your transgression, your shortcomings, your failures have separated you from God. You are unholy. You are unclean. You will never make it back. You will never be anything else than what you are right now. You'll never be what you were back then. You'll never have that calling again. You'll never feel the love of God again. You'll never feel the anointing of God flowing through you again. You'll never be able to worship and pray like you used to. You'll never have any of that anymore because you're separate from God. But then the love of God. You know, I preached a few weeks ago about it's unexplainable, but it's undeniable. And that's something else that's unexplainable, but it's undeniable. He said, I've loved you with an everlasting love. And we are able to love him because the scripture says he first loved us. Jesus loves you. But he doesn't love you in that he just pities you and pats you on the head and says, I love you, but you're still lost. His love bridges the gap that sin has left. And when you remember back years to things that should be under the blood. And you're pulling those things back out on yourself. And when you're looking at your mistakes and your shortcomings and saying, I have blown it completely and utterly as much as a person can blow it. And when you're looking and saying, I, 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 it's, it's too much. The gap is too far, too wide. I can be separate from God, but I cannot be separated from His love. And His love, if, you don't, if, if, if you're going to get anything out of this, this is my whole message right here. I can be separated from God. You might be separated from God, but you are not separated from the love of God. And the love of God bridges the gap between you and God. The love of God. Uh, Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, Are are we really receiving this right now? Because I'm trying to say what you're looking at is hopeless. I'm saying, yeah, it, it seems too good to be true. It's not too good to be true. Because God said, I'll put something in place so that when all else fails and all hope is gone, my love will be established and will not be able to be removed. And it will be an everlasting love. And it will always bridge the gap between them and me.
Could we go ahead and stand together right now and lift our hands for a moment? In fact, if we could have every hand lifted but every, every eye closed and we could begin to talk to God just for a moment, just, uh, I got something else to say, but I just, just could, could you talk to God for just, just a moment? Just a moment. The love of God. God spoke to me. I know that someone needs this today. The love of God is reaching for you today. You might be separated because of your sin, but the love bridges the gap. And love never fails. Greater love hath no man than this. In the garden of Eden, when sin first came about, when sin was first committed by man, Genesis 3 and 8, after they had sinned and they had tried to cover their sin that they could see now was visible, they saw that they were unclothed and they tried to make things for themselves to cover up their sin. It says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. I told you that after that initial separation, people separate themselves further and hide from God, hide from the presence of God. They realize there's a gap here now. There's something is different. Something is wrong. Something is terribly wrong. And they said, I, we need to hide. I, I. People do that today. And it says, the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? The Lord knew what had happened. It's not like they were hiding anything from him. It's not like he didn't know what they had done. But still he was looking for. Instead of saying, you know what? Forget them. Zap, you're dead. He still was calling for Adam. He still was looking for him. And here, here's the thing, though. He, he didn't really have to look for Adam. He knew where Adam was. He knew where Eve was. He wasn't actually looking around, not able to find them. Yeah, you're trying to cover yourself with things that you've made. And you're trying to hide because of the separation that you feel. As if God doesn't know where you are. It's time. But, but here's the thing. God's not calling on you so that he can cast you out of his presence. He's calling on you so he can pour his love out on you. 
in the same way that I would imagine that the father would be looking for his son to come. Even though he knew where he was, he knew he was out wasting his inheritance, but he was still looking for him to come home. And we don't know, he, it doesn't say that the father didn't reach out, didn't, didn't, didn't reach out to the prodigal son. He was still calling on him. I tell you, the Lord is calling on you today. And I don't care what the situation is and what the cause of separation is. And I don't care how long, how far. If you could realize today he's not going to punish you he just ain't come back to me I covered I, I bore the weight of separation I bore the despair of separation so that you could have that bridge of my love I wish we could make our way to these altars today. I tell you, the love of God is not just here to make you cry today. The love of God is here to change and deliver and set free. And I'm telling you today that while sin does separate us, there is nothing that can separate us from His love. And His love is always there. And His love is always bridging the gap. His love is never not going to be there. Let His love make you whole today. Don't be too ashamed to receive the love of God today. Don't hurt too much to receive the love of God today. The love of God is for you. And I don't care what it is. Bury it under the blood of Jesus and be changed forever by the love of God today.
want to say something before we close. Man, it was incredible. I've never heard that thought preached from that, but it reminded me of something, and I, I thought he was going to get to it. But I, I want to tell you something before we leave because I feel like there's people try to go through different avenues to alleviate this separation. And they think that it's okay to do either one, but people will often take the sneakiest route to try to get back to the Father. What he says is true when you hear the story of the prodigal son, when he realized that I can't go on where I'm at, he didn't say, I'll just go back to my Father and everything will be fine. He didn't even feel like a son anymore. He felt disconnected in that aspect he said I'll just go back and be a servant and I'm just going to slip back in because at least I'll just have the basic necessities I'll be able to what did he say even my father my servants in my father's house have plenty to eat and spare that was no wasn't talking about inheritance wasn't talking about any anything any status anything else I just I'm just going to slip in so I don't die But when he started coming down that road, it was the love of the Father that sent the Father running out to him. And it was the love of the Father that caused that man to fall on his neck and kiss him. And it was the love of the Father that put the best robe on him, put shoes on his feet. It was the love of the Father that put that ring on him that signified, no, you're not just a servant. No matter what you're thinking in your mind, my love... It's not changed. This is my son that was dead but is alive again. Quit trying to sneak in and be something less than what God intends you to be because you still feel disconnected from what he made you originally. He said when we believe on him, we have the the power to become the sons of God. So quit trying to slip in and be a, a, a subservient. He loves you, and He wants to restore you. He died to take away that separation anxiety. Not so you could be something less than what He called you to be. I'm telling you today, right now, let's lift our hands together. And you get that mentality out of your head right now, and you realize that He's ready to kill the fatted calf. He's ready to celebrate. Hallelujah. You're His child. You're His child. You're born of Him. Hallelujah. Come on now. Come on, somebody. More than a servant. You're the sons and daughters of God. You're His children.
stretch your hands this way and pray for our sister right now. Hallelujah. Come on. God's pouring out his spirit in this place. Hallelujah. Come on. still pouring his spirit out for the promises unto you and to your children and all who are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call aren't you thankful for a merciful God aren't you thankful for the love of God that nothing can separate us filled with the Holy Ghost praise God Aren't you thankful today? God's pouring his spirit out. Give him another hand clap and a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Man, I tell you, we're excited about these people receiving the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Man, you know what it's for you. It's for us all. It's not for a select few. It's for whosoever will. Let him come. Let him take of the water of life freely. I'm thankful that the Lord's still giving living water. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you for that word today, son. Good job. I'm glad to remember today that that love of God is still reaching. Love of God still reaching. That, that father didn't stop loving that boy when he was in that pig pen. He still loved him. He showed it when he, when he could see him coming down that road. He let him know, I still love you. It never stopped. He didn't have to turn it on when he saw him. 
I believe he was looking with him eyes of love the whole time, just waiting to see him come across that horizon. Praise God. He loves you today. Tell somebody about the love of God. Invite somebody to church with you. Pray with them. Tell them God's got something great for them. We don't know when he's coming back, so let's do all we can before he gets here and be ready to go when he comes. Thank you for being in service today. Prayer meeting tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Let's be here and have a great time in the Lord. God bless you in Jesus' name.